Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. He has emotions too. Hebrews 4 verses 14 and 15 tells us, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now please don't write me off as reducing divinity to humanity. I recognize God to be mighty, powerful, great, awesome, magnificent, holy, righteous, and a whole lot more. So understand me when I speak today about God in terms of emotions. I found the following definition of emotions, which I will use to guide my thoughts that I'm sharing with you today. <laughs> I found it on Google, and you know that Google is a place to find everything. An emotion is a feeling such as happiness, love, fear, anger, or hatred, which can, which can be caused by the situation that you are in or the people you are with. So, does God have emotions? Or does God express emotions? I want to just suggest that there might be a clue in the statement made by God when he was creating the first humans. It is said that God created man in his own image and in his likeness. God created us with emotions, right? Emotions are not bad things. They're integrally embedded in our character, in who we are as persons. Once we're alive, we express emotions. So could it be that God has emotions? Well, one of the first instances that God, that we see the emotion of God is back there in Genesis 6 and verse 5. This is quite some time after God had created the world, probably thousands of years later, that God saw the wickedness of the human race and how evil was the culture of the society. The Bible said that God regretted that he had made humans on the earth and that his heart was deeply troubled. Is that real? God was sorry that he had created man in his image and likeness because man was not functioning in the likeness of God. Man had become so wicked, and so God expressed his regret. But God's emotions did not cause him to wipe out the whole world and start over. Rather, he was gracious enough to save a family of eight people who chose not to be wicked and not to practice evil. Imagine this great God had regrets. He regretted making man, that it got to the stage where he could ignore it no further, and so he punished the world, which led to a reset. Mankind got a chance to start over and to do the right things. Then we read later on about God being a jealous God. Wow! I grew up in a community where, as a young child, I heard the word jealous thrown around one Christmas season when a man beheaded his girlfriend because she was allegedly having an affair with another man. Jealousy was a dirty word in my mind and in that community. Jealousy drives people to do dastardly things, heinous things, stupid things. But the Bible says that God is a jealous God. How can that be? Look at the Ten Commandments for starts. The first four commandments make it clear that God demands exclusive devotion and attention to him alone. In those first four commandments, we realize that God was not willing, interested, about to share the attention from his people with anyone or 
anything else. So imagine later on when the Hebrew people who God had stated to be his own descended into the abominable activity of idolatry. Can you imagine that the very thing God warned, commanded, made clear that they should not do that they did it? He said, do not worship any other God for I am a jealous God. It doesn't get any clearer than that. I love you so much that I want to not even the smallest hint be found among you that you are splitting attention between me, the real God, with something as an object that you made yourself. God is a jealous God. Our text shows us another side of the emotional God. Things happened so quickly in Jerusalem when Jesus died. They arrested him at night and instead of throwing him into jail, they hauled him before Pilate the governor. He died, came back from the dead, and several days later he returned to heaven from where he is playing a special role. He intercedes for our, for his followers. But look again in the text. It is one thing to intercede, but in the case of Jesus, he empathizes with his followers when they sin because he understands what we go through when we are tempted. He does. Remember when he was here on earth and while he was on his 40-day fast that Satan tempted him? Mm-hmm. We are tempted often and in so many ways. And don't forget that sometimes the time between the first appearance of the temptation and the actual sin is so short as if we didn't have time to process the temptation. And the next thing is happen, we sin. Jesus understands, my friend. He empathizes and he intercedes on our behalf. But the greatest emotion that God shows is when we read that God so loved the world. I have to stop there. This great, big, wonderful, powerful God shows the greatest of emotions, love. And that emotion was so strong, so powerful, that he had to express it in a tangible way. God gave his son to die for us so that we could get eternal life to come live with him in heaven. Talk about emotions. Talk about showing emotions. It doesn't get any better than that. God loves you. God loves me. God loves us with a love that has no beginning and has no end. What a God. What a loving God. What a God of emotions.